Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This was so surface level that it couldn't possibly be more general. And it's like, nope, we're not going to run our Coca-Cola ads behind this, pal. You do have to think, do I make the thing I want to make and cross my fingers and hope for the best? Or do I kind of consider this zero? And then if I do get monetized properly, that's only a bonus. What is upsetting also to me is like, if I just sang that entire video, it was a song, no problem. It would not get demonetized. Like this is a, it's a song, it's a music video. There are different rules. It takes a long time to see if something resonates with somebody. If you realize that you just don't know, it's a lot easier to not worry about immediate meaning. You would have somebody who was like literally a botanist all of a sudden on YouTube or like a literal astronaut has a channel now and will talk about being an astronaut and you don't need Kevin searching the internet for like astronaut facts. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Mean Something. I am Kevin Lieber. It is TCU night, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. We have a packed house here to talk about a little bit of YouTube drama in our own sphere. And uh, with me, as always, to do that is Matthew Tabor, my co-conspirator. Yeah, and I hope, yes, yeah, I, I'm going to get dragged into this through you. Uh, but I hope everybody who's listening and all the people here, you're wearing your uniform, one of them, whether it's the cameraman shirt uniform, whether it's Oska's triangle design, put it on. You don't have to wear it as a shirt. You can wear it as a diaper. You can wear it as a loincloth. <laughs> all that matters is that it's on your body. Yeah. So, um, I've been watching this show called 60 days in where citizens go undercover in jails to try to learn, uh, you know, how the jails are, are failing, whether it's with the inmates or the, the correctional officers or whatever. And uh, in one of the episodes, uh, they don't they don't get to bring underwear in. You can't you can't wear underwear in. So this woman needs a bra and she can't get one. So she rips up her blanket and creates a makeshift bra. So if you're listening to this from some sort of jail in which you have no whites, you have no underwear right now and you need some support uh hopefully you can get uh one of your tcu shirts smuggled in i i mean we all know the ways in which those are smuggled things are smuggled into jail you could figure it out it, it involves a balloon yeah. and know, an orifice yeah there's nothing stopping you from wearing <laughs> one as a t-shirt and the other as a loincloth right 
you don't have to stop at just one. And, and honestly, you shouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. The best you can do is ensconce your tops and bottoms with our garments. Yeah, ensconce away. Um, How about that? And we still have shirts available for those who need to be ensconced. So check out our pinned tweet and uh, check out the link to our shirts to grab one for yourself. But we need to move on to on. our Vsauce You know what you need to, to get a drama. shirt, Kevin? Huh? You need money to get shirts. How do you get money? Do you make YouTube videos? Uh, yeah, for the last decade or so, I've been a full-time YouTuber. And uh, as part of that, you know, you, you make YouTube videos. There are, there are ads that run on YouTube videos. And a percentage of those ads go to the creator for bringing the eyeballs to the platform. It's a major part of how YouTube works and how the ecosystem of creators are able to make the videos that they make. And on the latest Vsauce 2 video, we were dinged by the YouTube gods and we had uh, Making a Math Murderer demonetized. So that video will not be uh, all that helpful in uh, helping Vsauce 2 continue to make videos on their platform. No, and I, I know that there are some people out there talking about how all YouTube types are millionaires. Uh, we've had guests who have said similar things. Yeah, But we'll right. put it this way, that, that video has not covered the cost of editing. Not even close. Alone, not even close. Let alone it's... netting you millions. But no, it's still yet to break even on the production of it. Um, but was that your first time? Is, is that the first time you've ever had a video dinged and, and had it stayed yellow? It is. It is. Well, certainly like a fresh upload. And it's so funny because like over the years, uh, this has never been a concern of mine whenever creators have talked about demonetization. And and this has happened a lot, you know, adpocalypse and the Vox adpocalypse and things such as that have not been part of my purview really on, on Vsauce 2 because it's not something that I've been concerned with. But now I have... (laughs) I guess proverbially popped the cherry on the whole demonetization problem, and um, I tried to appeal and explain that the the video is not controversial and it's not graphic and it's not talking about things in explicit details or anything like that that would be objectionable. And a human being reviewed it and they said, "Eh, wrong. We we are yeah. going to keep this." demonetized and uh, case closed, as it were. Yeah. uh, And really to get into the details on you saying it's not at all offensive, whatever. If you haven't seen the video, it's about a woman who was uh, accused and arrested for killing two children two her two infants separately a year apart and the ensuing trial and conviction and how math played into it. There, there's nothing in this video that described anything horrible, and the children didn't didn't even, you know, die in like gruesome ways. It's not like she, you know, tossed a, a baby in a microwave or something. There's nothing horrible to describe like that. But you necessarily have to use terms like murder, as in she was charged with murder. There's no other way to put that. Uh, you have to use terms like child abuse because one of the experts in in question. Uh, literally wrote a book with with that in in its title, ABCs of Child Abuse. There's no way you can talk about this court case without using those terms. You just can't. But they hit the they they automatically triggered the censor. Um, and yeah, you lost on appeal, didn't you? Well, they're all legal terms. There's nothing 
there's no jargon, there's no slang, there's no um, graphic ex- like uh, details about, I don't know, like the corpses of the babies. Like we don't even use the word corpse. There's, there's nothing like that at all. I was thinking yeah. earlier today about how it's described on Vsauce 2 in a way that it would be talked about on the local news. Like, like forget, if forget not, some, yeah, forget like some sort better. of like dateline, like late night yeah. salacious program. That's like, you know, about murder and 2020, whatever the, those shows are that they yeah. run a little later. The genre like, of murder porn. Yeah. Yeah. Like those that prime is the murder time porn genre shows. Yeah. We're not talking about prime time shows. We're talking about like the five o'clock local news just saying here's this court case and here's what the accused is accused of or has been convicted of that's it that's the extent of it yeah and for that to be yeah. considered objectionable to the point of demonetization is like gosh i don't know what these what these standards are at this point yeah it so i do see a little bit why that happens uh, number 1 it was limited monetization not full full demonetization that makes a difference uh but generally limited monetization is extremely close to <laughs> nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it really pulls it down tremendously uh but uh, do you want to be a company who throws ad money in and you know it's like here's five minutes about the ins and outs uh, ins and outs of child abuse and then you know it's like sponsored by your company like mm-hmm. <laughs> I I get that, but um, you'd think the manual review process would would really decide which which case you were, whether it was going to be a liability to an advertiser. I mean, if if Audible advertised in the middle of that episode, it would be perfectly appropriate because it's literally the kind of thing you would listen to in an audiobook. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's frustrating. It's less objectionable than literally the most popular podcasts on planet Earth, which are oh, yeah. these these, you know, these crime investigation podcasts that actually do go into the detail of, you know, yes. here's what they did and here's what was said and here's what they discovered. And Extreme those detail. go into mm-hmm. graphic detail. This was so surface yeah. level, <laughs> like you, so surface level that it couldn't possibly be, like you said, more general and more surface level with without being impossible to just state what happened. That was it. It's like right here is right. what happened. This is reality. This is the these are the facts at the most cursory glance. And it's like, nope, no way. Not <laughs> we're not standing behind that. We're not gonna run our Coca-Cola ads behind this, pal. <laughs> well, what are you, what's this going to do in terms of your process? Are you a little bit nervous that the next one is, is going to be like that? If you, if you talk about anything that's, it's not just criminal too. What, what everybody needs to understand and seeing, seeing, uh, Jen in, in the chat reminded me of this. Uh, we've mentioned the, uh, out of frame YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Look, movies have things like fight scenes in them. <laughs> they have they have violence uh, occasionally. If it's a movie about a war, then you've hit you've hit the censored topics on from several different angles. Um, history education channels get this because they're talking about things like wars and you know assassinations and you know just crazy things in history. Um, 
it's it's like that for everybody. You do have to think, do I make a, a video that's going to be clean? Do I make the thing I want to make and cross my fingers and hope for the best? Or do I do I kind of consider this zero? And then if I do get monetized properly, that's only a bonus. Where's your head at after all this? Well, a few things. First, I would say Looney Tunes has more violence than was in the Making a Math Murderer mm. video. Like yes. uh, Elmer Fudd Absolutely. is like shooting a shotgun in Daffy Duck's face and blowing his bill <laughs> around his head. Like that's a lot more violent than what <laughs> right. we talked about in the Vsauce 2 video. It's ridiculous. Or like yeah, an, an, an anvil dropping on Wiley e. Coyote's head off a cliff and turning him <laughs> into an accordion. Like that's way more violent yeah. than mentioning a court case from 20 years ago. But like insofar yeah. as how it will affect things moving forward, uh, one of the things that I have to think about now is uploading uh, like a day earlier than I would release the video yeah. and see what happens with the monetization. Because this is something that I've learned that people do that I never had to worry about mm -hmm. before. But if everybody who's listening who watches Vsauce 2, let me explain something to you. You may not realize this. The videos go up basically the the second they're done that's that's the release process Not on vsauce 2 like the video yeah. is done it's uploaded There's nothing to think about after that we the, like you put in the title you fill in the description you do the closed captions you do the 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 end screen and it's made live that's the process there's there's no like buffer period and up until that moment the video is being made it's being worked on like constantly until it, it, you see it. That's that's the workflow. Uh, now it seems like some sort of buffer period will have to be baked in to monitor the monetization because that process, from what I've been told, is a little wishy-washy. Like, because you can upload a video, it can get demonetized, you can figure out why, then change, mm -hmm. hopefully change it. That delete. section. Yeah. Yeah. Delete, delete that version, like cut together a new version, re-upload it and then see what happens with that one. And I've been, I've talked to people who have said that they will do this six or seven times to try to basically yeah. like cram through their video into the system and get it fully monetized because otherwise it's like, it's, it's, it's a really big problem, especially when you make content so infrequently, it takes you a month to make a video like you can't, you can't blow it and get screwed on the you know, monetization side and, and just completely take a bath on it. Right. And, and it's not just the money side being demonetized, uh, does seem to affect how frequently your video is, is distributed. I mean, that that's really what upsets people is they've made this video and it will, I think it is. You tell me if it's right, Kevin, um, you make this video you do the best you can to get it done and think of all the people we've talked to. Almost everybody is a freakish, irrational perfectionist. So uh, they really stress out over making it amazing and it still doesn't meet their expectations and whatever they hit upload. And yeah, then <laughs> a little tweak to the algorithm and this and that decides, oh, we're not going to serve this one out nearly as often. That's the real ding to the soul. So the, the money part uh, the AdSense is really kind of insult to injury, but you want a video to be as popular as it should be. 
you know, not everything's going to be amazing, but you want each video to do as well as that video can. And anything that disrupts that video being distributed or served is a very difficult thing to be okay with. Yeah. I mean, you can't help but be disappointed when the comment section is filled with people just, you know, effusively praising the thing and loving it and really enjoying it. And then you see like the, the views graph in analytics and it just plateaus when the demonetization hits. And I know that YouTube have said that demonetization doesn't affect uh, performance, like being served in the algorithm. They say that officially, but I think that we've seen plenty of people who have pointed to moments in which their video got demonetized and then the graph goes pew, like that oh. afterwards, the views yeah. graph. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's usually pretty clear. And so it just sucks all around. You know, it's and the worst thing is going on something like Twitter. And uh, that's where on social media, I spend the majority of my time. I don't know as heavy a user on Instagram and things like that. But um, so I see this on on Twitter. People will post these thumbnails of videos with over, you know, well over a, a million views uh, that have popped up on their feed. And it's like extremely sexually suggestive thumbnails and titles and content um, a lot of those videos don't have a problem, uh, yet, you know, it, the Vsauce 2, which, you know, like Kevin, you're, you're like the equivalent of YouTube's Bob Ross, uh, gets, <laughs> gets the demonetization hammer for being so damned racy. It, it's crazy. It's nuts. And it sucks to see, it sucks to see those people killing it and then have a video that's really good, which a lot of people, I say enjoyed, but it's not a video that you really like you don't feel good coming <laughs> coming out of it. Um, but they thought it was important. They thought it mattered. A lot of really good compliments about uh, the direction that, you know, the channel is going, the content is going. To get that kind of feedback, which felt great reading it, it's awesome to know. And then YouTube, you know, just like just kind of turning the valve so it just drips and drops in an annoying way that like on a pan in your sink. Uh, and you can't turn off the the faucet. Um, that sucks. It sucks, and I don't like it. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. And what what is upsetting also to me is like if I just sang that entire video, it was a song. If it was a music video, mm -hmm. no ah. problem. No problem. It would not There's get no demonetized problem. like, you know, well, this is a it's a song. It's a music video. There are different rules. Mm -hmm. For, for whatever reason, I don't quite understand what the what the differentiation no. is exactly, like how you're drawing that line. But you know right. for a fact 
that if that if that was a song, it it would be no okay. problem. I mean, the types of things that people say in might even songs, be trending. Oh my gosh, it's like it's a lot more graphic than <laughs> than Bob Ross here I'm talking thinking, about a twenty year old crime yeah, case. I'm thinking what would happen if you made a video that was one hundred percent the lyrics from a very offensive or potentially offensive popular song. But it was a, a totally a Vsauce 2 video. Like the content is the same as uh, something you would normally make. It's your video, but the only words you're allowed to use are from like a Nicki Minaj song. How would that video turn out? Well, I mean, that's... It would be awesome, first of all. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a show on ESPN called Pardon the Interruption. Oh, no, no, not, not Pardon the Interruption. Uh, what is it called? Um... It's this Dan, it was this Dan Lebetard show. Anyway, this guy, Dan Lebetard, he would have his dad on the show, Poppy. And in between commercial breaks, Poppy would, would rap famous, like raps like Biggie or whoever. And it was almost like that because like Poppy couldn't actually rap. It was, it it was, it was, it was essentially like him just (laughs) saying the rap lyrics. And that's the most entertaining thing ever to hear this like older man just kind of talk rap his way through classic like hip-hop lyrics but yeah ultimately i i couldn't get away with that you can't like i don't get the difference between i would love to to talk to somebody who could explain to me the difference like he look kevin like you're not getting this here is why in a music video you can talk about like murdering your girlfriend and chopping her up and putting her in the back of your car with an axe but you can't talk about a case in which somebody actually did that in real life and like the math behind it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is it? What am I not getting here? I, I don't understand. Yeah. I'm missing something. Well, this is what we've got. This is, you know, it really is important to for everybody to understand why this stuff matters. It's not just Kevin or other people complaining. It's not just, yes, it sucks to have... Uh, you know, to have less money coming in for something you worked on for a long time. Um, uh, this is this is kind of the lay of the land and it affects the decisions you make in coming months. It makes what you're about to do that much harder. It really disrupts the process going forward. It's not just, oh, this sucks for right now. Uh, the time I spent on a thing isn't going to be optimized. It really plays hell with <laughs> like the next three to six months and all the content you're about to make, because the realities are that, uh, you know, you do have to pay people reliably. You do have to pay yourself. You have to cover all the costs of, uh, producing content of running a business of, of all of that. And you also need to know that you're going to be okay months from now. And when you have that day to day, uh, uncertainty, it, it sucks. It sucks really hard and it affects people's lives. It's, it's brutal. So yeah, I, I'm really disappointed that we even have to spend time thinking in the future for the rest of 2021, we have to think about this kind of thing with every video going forward and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, to put it into proper context, the demonetization thing, there's a clip, there's a, um, there's a, a properly licensed clip of Sally Clark walking out of a courtroom that's in the video. Paid for that, and licensed. That cost yes. more than the money that, that the video has made. <laughs> like yes. licensing that. That's clip right. And costs more money than the video has made through monetiz- through its yep. demonetization. So I hope that 
at least paints a little bit of a picture of what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah, this is, again, this is not Scrooge McDuck uh, being angry that, like, one gold coin in a swimming pool full of them uh, has gone missing. No, it's it's the difference between, like, this is a sustainable enterprise versus <laughs> this is not a sustainable enterprise and right. all the implications that come with that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a fair and, bit of stress, but and like, a lot we can do. I just like understanding things and having them make sense, generally speaking, like, if you haven't noticed that on Vsauce 2, that's kind of what a lot of the videos have been about in the last six years, especially. Uh, I have a problem with this. I have a problem with this not making sense. I have a problem with the double standard. I have a problem with not being able to figure out how to navigate it or really understand what was wrong with this one. Or even if the person who decided to reject the appeal was having a bad day, <laughs> and they yeah. just like went through and, you know, is it possible that they're just like, nope, 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 nope. And just burning through like, um, appeals and not, didn't really care and just being a jerk. W sure. Why not? Why is that not possible? It seems like it would be. Yeah. It's, and it's people not just plain make errors too. Yeah. I don't know. So much of it just seems arbitrary to the point of frustration, certainly for me, but yeah, we'll see kind of what happens. Next on the old Vsauce 2 um, and how titling might change or I don't know, the things we want to avoid, I don't know. Or even if we just get to a point eventually where it's like, look, we're going to make these videos the way that we think they need to be made and we're going to launch a Patreon to be able to do so. I don't know. These are the types of thoughts that are kind of floating through my head. It's the reality. Uh, this is the reality. Um, the other reality is that we have a lot of questions that we need to get through. Since this is a, a solo-y episode, um, our patrons are pounding us with great questions. So we need to get to those. So if, Matt, if you want to kick those off. Yeah. Do you want to start with you want to start with a serious one or do you want to start with a more serious one? Um, the first one. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to hit Conrad's because it's so... Uh, so close to what we're talking about real crime edu channel when do you think do you think that that kind of thing is is a possibility for you or anybody else is it a genre that you think needs exploring yeah yeah i mean i'm not crime I'm not, not with super an educational bent i think so i absolutely think so sure why not I, i'm surprised i uh i should say i wouldn't be surprised if people listening uh, are screaming their heads off because there's somebody doing it right now who's doing it great and is pretty popular and we're just not aware of it you know youtube is so big yeah. that i find channels oh, yeah. every day that i'm like who is this and this is great and they have seven million subscribers where have i been so um yeah absolutely and i think that without a doubt you know we've been very encouraged by the response to the the latest vsauce 2 video taking kind of a real world magnifying glass to what it's like when basic math is used terribly and there are a lot more instances of that to talk about. So it seems like something yeah. to uh, continue to, to look at for sure. And more, more every day. This is not something that, <laughs> that is no, uh, it's not over. history in the sense that it stopped happening. No, no. it's, <laughs> it's still going on. Yep. B bad for humanity. Good for content creators. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, 
So Baseweight asked if you could pick one line from an episode of The Create Unknown to sum up what the podcast is, what would it be? This is hard. This is a big one. Oh, that is super hard. That is super hard. Because I feel like the podcast is definitely two things. On one hand, it's kind of discussing and uncovering pretty important things in the life of a creator. And on, on on the other hand, it's talking to Michael Reeves about him like gamifying his pee with his broken bladder. So <laughs> right. like, those are kind of like the two things uh, that fall under what I like to call the, uh, you know, highly analytical, hopelessly stupid underpinnings of TCU. So um, I want to add to that sentence in a way that's know. probably grammatically un- unethical. Uh, whatever <laughs> okay. you okay so kevin you get to you get to choose the line the line that sums up the podcast i will let you do that whatever you you come up with i trust your judgment however i get to choose the punctuation and i want it, it'll probably be a statement and if it is i want that period the period the conceptual period in that sentence to be a very famous burp that we had oh an episode dozens of episodes ago i think that whatever line you choose is ended by that burp. It's punctuated by it. And then I'm happy with, with that expressing the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we'll just have to leave it there because I'm, my brain is way <laughs> too flat and smooth to remember a line from the last like 200 hours of conversations that we've had that I, I, I like the best. <laughs> um, but, you know, some things that, that pop out are uh, food, the food for dogs episode. I loved every second of that. Mm. Um, her story yeah. was great. It truly was one of the best. Absolutely loved that. Um, and the the moment where we were talking about the Bush's baked beans thing with Slimesicle and mm-hmm. that light bulb exploded over my head when it came to like the dog not spilling the beans. Yeah, that was pretty memorable yeah. for me because I felt like an idiot that that we hadn't thought of that before. And it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, my gosh, it's so obvious. Yeah, I do. I do wonder what that meeting was like, the marketing pitch on that. Uh, It would be that would be a mini episode to talk to the person who created that campaign about the process of of getting to wouldn't that be good? Oh, I, I will say now that you've brought that up, whoever was in charge of the marketing for Bush's Baked Beans deserves a huge round of applause for going along with that because the the client has to approve whatever the marketing people come up with you know that somebody from bushes was like all right we trust you with this talking dog thing let's do it (laughs) you know so shout out to to whoever that person was for sure yeah all right we're on to jeff strife have either of you seen malignant and did you like it I don't even know what that is because my answer is no malignant. We need, we need somebody to pop that into the episode chat uh, so that we can see as we, if it's a movie, let me just say Matt and I do not watch a lot of movies. So not a lot. No new horror film. It is a movie uh, on HBO max. Well, I will say this. I'm really tempted to sub to HBO max because they have a promotion right now to get the $15 thing for like $7 for six months. And I'm oh. extremely tempted to get HBO Max uh, and play it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Ben wants the promotion linked. I, I get the ad on Twitter constantly, like every single day. And the promotion is over on September 26th. That's what I remember. Um, but yeah, maybe 
uh, we can see it on on the Max then. Mm. Yeah, um, we'll definitely look out for Boss Threads, this one is for me. When does my guide to expired foods come out? Uh, there's not much of a guide. Here's the, here's, here's the truth. You just need to get things that aren't wet. As long as they're not wet and they've been sealed, not a lot can go wrong with them. Dry things are pretty safe. You know, I remember saying a long, long time ago that hardtack that was made in uh, for the Mexican-American War in the 1840s was used at the very beginning of the Civil War. So that was like 15 years later. Uh, and it's fine. It's just dry. It's just a cracker. So the guide to expired food is if it's wet, be extremely wary. If it's a dry item and it's well-sealed, expiration dates are gentle suggestions rather than hard and you fast ha- You rules. have to come up with a rhyming version of this, though. Like, like if it's, it's wet, don't place your bet. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you, this has to yeah, rhyme. Yeah. So, you, you know, you don't have to come up with it on the fly, but yeah, if it's wet, something, something, if it's dry. <laughs> ben suggests have at it guy. <laughs> I, I like the awkwardness of that being too long, just a little too long to yeah. rhyme. Yeah. If it's, dry, if it's dry, have a try. That's good. Oh, if it's wet, it's a that threat. If good. it's dry, have a try. That'll work. Wow. That'll work. I, I don't, I don't see being able to improve on that one. <laughs> that is German in the episode chat. Let's go to his question then. He wins the prize because that was so amazing. Um, <laughs> is there somebody who we've tried to get on the podcast that has said no for whatever reason? And who is it and why? Um, uh, a lot of people. A lot of people, yeah. Uh, Who would be cool with with being named for it, though? Um, I, I can start. I can start. Uh, I asked Ricky Berwick if he wanted to come on, because we have so many friends in common. I like Ricky. Uh, he does a unique type of content. And he, he just said, like, no, I don't really do podcasts. And he doesn't. Um, it's it's not like he's he's been on 10 podcasts in the last month and just not the create unknown no it's just not a thing he he really likes to do and there's no problem with that that's cool but it yeah. happens yeah yeah the, no there are uh, a bunch of people who yeah for various reasons don't really do any podcasts um so and we res- yeah. obviously respect that i mean the thing is is that you have yeah. to understand is like a lot of youtube creators are are very um Oh man, they work extremely hard to craft a certain persona, I guess you would say, for their videos. Yeah. And going on a podcast and just being surprised more or less for an hour and a half and being expected to just speak plainly or or, or be funny or something like that off the cuff, that's not appealing to a lot of these people. It it is hard. So um, they just avoid that and, uh, and that's fine. It's fine. Oh, I mean, it's not. Obviously, we wish they would come on because we'd love to talk to them and pick their brains. But um, at the same time, it's a time commitment too. Yeah, don't begrudge anybody who who uh, passes on that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> this is uh. This is a good one. Uh. This is a deep one, and we were even talking about it before. We meaning the people in the episode chat, the baby gang, we're talking about this question before we started recording. This is from Gusau. The tagline of the show is make something mean something, but is there a time when you made something, but you didn't feel like it meant anything? And if so, did that stick with you? Did that uh, encourage your process? Was it fuel for creativity or was it the opposite of useful? 
um, does making a thing inherently mean meaning a thing? No. So there's a no. lot in this, uh, but it's uh, to okay, me. So, so you're starting th- by saying making something is not good enough, that it doesn't necessarily mean something just because you've made something. Is that your position on this? Yeah. Be, and, and the specific example I could think of is getting paid to do work, making things that you're not, that aren't meaningful to you. Like if you get paid by some company to make something for them because you know how to make things, but it, it is irrelevant to you. I mean, I don't think that that is necessarily, it's not meaningful to you, but it's making something. And that happens all the time. I mean, that prob- that, that happens that's actually a good a good problem to have if you're getting paid for your work. You know, that's that's not that's that's, that's a good place to be in because you can get paid right. to do your work for somebody else that's not meaningful to you and then hopefully uh when you get off of work or whatever in your spare time you can make meaningful. That George Clooney of all people talked about this years ago uh when George Clooney was talking about making movies that he was he wasn't stoked on but it was a fat paycheck and then after he got paid to make whatever movie he actually was not excited about he would then take time off to make to direct you know whatever like artsy thing that he wanted to do and i'm not enough of a george clooney aficionado to know that like what he made that he hated and what he made that he loved but i just remember hearing him talking about that at some point. Maybe even Bill Murray talked about this too, like getting a paycheck for like Garfield, a, a tale of two kitties, and then making, you know, uh, broken flowers or whatever. I'm, I'm bad at remembering that kind of thing off the top of my head. No, I, I know what you mean though. And it's, it, this is a really tough subject and it's so different for, for everybody. You know, I, I don't really consider myself a, a creative in the way that, uh, you know, the people we talk to are the way that you are, Kevin, I'm not in that same category, but, um, I've, I've done a lot of things that, uh, could be meaningful, could not be meaningful. And the way I look at it is that it takes a very long time to judge what meaning is. One of the phrases I absolutely hate is somebody made history and we're talking about something that happened yesterday. Occasionally that's true. And you can be fairly certain that, uh, people down the line are going to care about about an event. Jackie Robinson made history with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Larry Doby made history uh, when he came into the league. Uh, you could have said that for either of those guys and and really been confident that 50, 60, 70 years from now, it would be accurate. Most of the time, though, the stuff that is considered to be making history right now is something that 10 years from now, nobody will really care about. And they get to decide what history is, not you today. You don't get to figure out, you can't figure out uh, what's going to be meaningful in the future for better and for worse. And that means that you also shouldn't stress out a whole lot about the thing you make. We all know all these, so many writers and artists and, you know, they only get famous after they're dead. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean, you know, that's the only path, but it does mean uh, it takes a long time to see if if something resonates with somebody, to see if it's useful. Uh, it may turn out to be completely wrong if it's something like a nonfiction book. Uh, it may turn out to be prescient. Uh, if you realize that you just don't know, it's a lot easier to not worry about about immediate meaning because that's just, you know, the long game is what matters. 
Well, yeah, and is that, I think is that there were, I think we're almost talking about two different things, though. Maybe what I'm talking about more is about like creative fulfillment in the moment, and or not. Mm, yeah, I, I think okay. that's kind of like where my head is there because there's a lot of videos. You're thinking about it more personally. Yeah, yeah. like personally, like, like, like in, individually. I mean, yeah, yes, individually, not like society writ large. Um, right, and I I don't respect individuals even myself, so I just don't <laughs> think that way. Um, but it's important to remember both of these things, all the stuff that Kevin's saying that you've got to have this creative fulfillment. That's a real thing. You got to keep making things. Um, and if you do stuff that discourages, discourages you from continuing, then you may want to tweak that process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Boromir, how do, uh, I, I'm going to direct this to us since something we sent out. How do we feel now that we are officially international meat smugglers? I, so when we sent out shirts, uh, we we put some unique meat in there, uh, some some rosemary infused turkey sticks. It's gotten mixed reactions. Some people really liked it. Uh, Boromir asked if it was dog food. He thought it was actually a dog treat. Uh, so, yeah, there, there appears to be a difference between uh, the people who got it in, say, Utah or Pennsylvania versus the euros. I think the, the euro palette did not match up well with uh, a beef stick that, or turkey stick rather, that kind of tasted like Thanksgiving in every bite. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I want to throw this on because before we get too far from, uh, from the topic, uh, what are, what about things made with, without meaning, but are liked by the audience? Like they, they find meaning in it down the line. I just want to I just want to hit that for you, Kevin, because that's in line with what you were talking about. Yeah. Well, that's actually something that we've talked about a little bit before. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to bring it up again. Cherry pie. Like there, there right. Warren's right. cherry pie is an example of this. Yes. And, and this happens all <laughs> the time in, uh, in music where, uh, you know, a band or a musician has some song that they are not proud of. And it becomes the only thing they're ever <laughs> right. known for. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. all anybody cares about. And it's all they're known for is the one thing that they're kind of re regretful of even creating in the first place. I don't know why that happens. That's just a fascinating phenomena in general, especially just as it relates to music. It doesn't seem like that would happen all that often in other artistic mediums. Like I can't, I mean, I, I would say that the top viewed videos on Vsauce 2 are just like the old mind blows that have suggestive mm, yeah. thumbnails, you know, <laughs> the thing that looks like a, right. a penis, that penis worm is like number one. Yeah. And the, uh, that rock People like that, that looks alive. It's not a rock, but anyway, I think that's number two, but I don't, I don't get bummed out by that. It's just. I don't know. It is what it is. Like, it makes sense. Those are shocking thumbnails and a lot of people clicked on them. I thought of something else that I, I want to mention very briefly because uh, I, I mentioned, you know, these baseball players. I thought of a thing, an interview that I read with Roger Clemens many years ago, uh, who was a pitcher for several teams, notably the Red Sox and Yankees. But um, he talked about what a pitch actually is. And he described, you know, you got the ball in your hand and you get set and you decide what pitch you're going to throw and get your fingers around the ball the right way. And then you have this pitching motion. Uh, and 
at a certain point, your arm is coming forward and the ball releases from your hand and you're doing X, Y, or Z with your fingers, depending on what that pitch is. But the moment the ball is not in contact with your hand anymore, the pitch is over for you as a pitcher. You have no role in anything that happens with that ball uh, as it continues to go in that direction. You can't affect the aerodynamics at that point. You've done all you can. It's going to go kind of where you aimed it and where the physics take it. Uh, you don't know if it's what the batter expected or not. They may swing and make contact. They may not. I mean, anything can happen, but it's important for the for pitchers to understand, he was saying, as soon as you're not touching it anymore, you've done everything you can do, and then you're just a fielder. You're just an infielder at that point waiting to see what's going to happen with a pitch. And I think that's pretty healthy to think of with creative stuff where it's like the moment you do hit hit the upload, set the upload live, um, you're done making the video at that point. It doesn't mean your interaction with it is done, but you've officially completed the production of that video and there's nothing you can do to change that any more than uh, you can change a pitch that's halfway to the plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the only other thing is I've had the opposite happen a lot where there have been videos that I felt really happy with that didn't do really well. And that that seemed that that, that has happened a bunch, but the other way around, yeah, not so much. For a lot of people, yeah. Not so much. Well, let's talk Kevlieb creativity and we're going to do a shout to James in Australia. Congratulations on surviving the the trembling of late on your prison island. Um James uh, wants to know if you got any any new thoughts, updates, etc. on uh, Sleep Warrior. Oh, um, thanks for asking about that. Sleep Warrior is the the novel that I've been working on for a while. Um, not 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 too much. No, I'm looking to try to figure out a way to take another sabbatical. That's really all it comes down to. You know, I don't know how much I've talked about the process of working on that book on this podcast, but for me, uh, it is either I'm working on the book. Uh, and nothing else, or I'm working on everything else and not the book. It, it, it There's no way to blend the two. You know, I've tried. I've tried to say, um, every Sunday I'll just work on the book, and, and or every, you know, two hours a night. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, I kind of... Some people can pull that off, but they're, they're I don't think they're the norm. It's a spe- very special, unique talent, I think, when somebody can uh, plan time for creativity and also like shift gears incredibly quickly. Um, just not many people are very efficient with that if they can do it at all. Yeah. Cause I've read suggestions of from, from writing people who are like, Oh, just do this. And, and I'm like, I, I can't do that. And I've also spoken with other people who are on my side of, of the aisle uh, regarding this. And it's like, you need your full attention and brain and creative energy, whatever you want to call it, to be constantly like living in that world and thinking about that world and thinking of those characters and being those characters in your mind. And when you spend all day doing emails and phone calls and working on this, fixing this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden you like have dinner and then it's, you know, seven o'clock and you're like, well, time to be like remarkably creative. It's like, it doesn't work that way. Your brain is like oatmeal. I mean, that's what happens to me. Like after a certain number of choices, decisions, my brain just turns to mm. sawdust and I can't, I can't really use it anymore. So 
That's a good word. I'm so glad that you used that word and brought that up because uh, honestly, being doing any creative thing like that really is a succession of decisions constantly. And they're your decisions to make. And if you spent all day making decisions and then you have, <laughs> you set aside this time, like you said, it's seven o'clock, it's eight. Um, it, yeah, it's like it's like running a marathon and then it's like, OK, I'm just going to I just run this marathon today. But, you know, it would be good if I just, you know, did a mile before bed. Like, no, no, right. that's that's too much. Your mile's going to suck even if you tried to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all just about like last last time I took January and February or earlier this year, I took January and February to work on the book and to get that first draft done. So we'll see. We'll see uh, when I can do another uh, writing session like that. And, um, I am still occasionally updating the sleep warrior Twitter account. So if anybody wants to follow along there, I just post kind of fantasy artwork there for now. But you know, when I get back into doing, uh, things working on it, I'll have more tangible updates. Well, since you got a minute, I'm going to go with one that's pointed to me. It's from Jeff. Is there anything that I collect that we don't know about? There's a lot. Um, <laughs> There's a lot, but I'm starting to limit what I, I collect. I'm starting to make rules. And I, I think this is a good thing because if you don't draw boundaries around what you try to acquire, then you never stop acquiring. Like it, it's there's a mission creep. The collection bleeds out. Uh, so I'm actually pulling back. I, I was at the county level for things that I collected, you know, things that, that happened in uh, my county. And that might be too much. I've this summer, I think I realized that I, I need to set those boundaries a bit closer. So I've narrowed it down to two towns. Uh, something has to be remarkable at the county level to take my interest. Um, yeah, and I, I just wish I'd figured that out like 15 years ago and been that focused. Uh, that stinks. But no, I uh, at this point, I pretty much do historical items, firearms-related things, and books. Um, and a bit of art. Actually, that's new for me. I'm having quite a bit of fun at collecting art pieces, fine art, because it's something I did not focus on throughout the rest of my life. So I'm having a good time getting into it a little bit. Uh, Kevin, if a sea monster ate your ice cream, how would you react? This is from Chinchilla. If a sea monster ate my ice cream, how would I react? Is that the question? Yeah. I yes. would. I would run away screaming from a sea monster. I would not care about the ice cream. <laughs> I, I would not... <laughs> personally like to be eaten the sea monster is is if the if the if the ice cream satiates the sea monster's rage i'm good with that and i will <laughs> i'm probably not near the sea anyway though <laughs> well maybe you have an answer to this one from dan the latch what are your most devious licks are you familiar with this term do we need to explain this yeah i don't know what that means like guitar licks no, so devi the devious licks challenge is, um, <laughs> it, it, let's see, diabolical licks, dastardly licks. I like that. I like that. Um, but it's basically kids stealing things from their schools. And the easiest place to steal something from a school is the bathroom because uh, very few people are watching. And there are many items in the bathroom, though. So people are stealing toilets primarily. What? And that is the devious lick. The devious lick is stealing your school's toilet. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> How do you manage to steal a toilet, though? Like, wouldn't somebody I mean, notice you, could, you walking? Porcelain's not hard. Huh? Uh, no, you no, can't no. Put I was it thinking like you in your backpack. That's easy enough. <laughs> I 
Like then toilets are do? big. Uh, yeah. So how do you smuggle the toilet out? Yeah, it's like you'd have to create lift. one of those those trench coat kids where like six children are on each other's shoulders wearing a big trench coat to look like a man to get into like an R-rated movie or whatever with the fedora. You know what I'm talking about? But one of the children is the, the yeah. toilet, oh, I yes, guess. yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know what you call that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, the they, stacked another kids. Baseball thing. Do, you, do you remember... Do you remember when Bobby Valentine, I think he was managing the Mets, yes. got ejected from a game and then put on the fake mustache and came yes. back? <laughs> that was so funny. That was so funny. No one, I'm the only person who will know what you're talking about. No one listening to this knows the Bobby Valentine <laughs> incognito. Uh, yeah, a, ba- a baseball it's manager got, th- got thrown out of a game and then <laughs> came back wearing like an obviously fake mustache sitting on on the bench in the dugout comically like groucho marx fake it's really funny yeah <laughs> now we need to get when vidcon does finally happen we need to get uh kicked out so that we can try the mustache gag for re-entrance yeah just put a mustache over my mustache oh charles khan just put a picture in that i i think is from little rascals because we want to give a shout out to paul gay don't we did he write that yeah, yeah. oh i didn't know that we we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the guy who had to translate the never-ending story from German into English in like three days. Yeah, and he wrote. He also wrote Liar Liar, the Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, but yeah, he did write Little and Rascals. I see, I see Jen, uh, who we referenced earlier, typing. She says, "I love Paul so goddamn much." That's the feeling everybody who meets Paul has. Paul and his wife are both people who make you feel good, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Paul wished me a happy birthday yesterday. So oh, yeah. good. that shows you how, what a good guy he is. Well, we never got to a devious lick. Do you have a devious lick? I, you know what? No. Kevin, I'm looking at something you took from a bathroom. What? I am looking right now at something that you took from a bathroom. I'm going to get it because it's right on, on my table. Give me one second. Oh man. I have no idea what this is. I don't remember taking anything from any bathrooms or any other rooms. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Let me... Oh, it's wet. I have to smell this. If it's wet, it's a threat. Well, there's no smell, but... Yeah, that's the rule, but I don't know how it could get wet. Maybe it never got dry. Okay, well, if you're uh, watching in the episode chat, just make sure I can can see what I'm doing. All right, Kevin, do you remember this? Describe it. <laughs> Describe it to the listeners. You still the have that? Watching. You still have that? Okay. There, that's that's a good angle. Yeah, you can see that's it. That's a good angle. Uh, I did take this from Tell a bathroom. Tell everybody what I'm holding up. Okay. Three so, years ago, you took this from a bathroom, and I still have it on my desk. Oh, and it's wet. My, that's weird that it's wet and kind of frightening. Uh, it is weird that it's wet, yeah. Uh, I'm not okay with that. Well, maybe it got some chocolate rain on it because <laughs> because it is in fact a Tazon Day uh, like headshot. So we were at it's a business card, yeah, like contact card. It's more than a business card. It's a photograph of of it's a nice Tazon Day, uh, famously yeah, with a mic who famously sang "Chocolate Rain," one of the earliest viral YouTube videos of all time. Um, 
Yep. It was in the bathroom at VidCon, uh, back <laughs> in, in like a for backstage no for no reason. I don't know why. Um, I had to go to the bathroom. It was before like a meet and greet or something. So I run in real quick. There's Tazon Day's photograph. I grabbed it because you because you have to. <laughs> I couldn't leave it there. Like I needed to recover this. No. And now many years later, within arm's reach, practically at all times, Matt has this. In his home. Yeah. I was wondering the other day what to do with it. You know, I sent out some more orders and I see that in the little bag. Uh, what do I do? I'm open to suggestions. We as a podcast are open to suggestions about what to do with the wet Tazon Day photo uh, uh, that <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin's ultimate devious lick. There you go. Is this, this business card photo who uh, we're getting, send it to me. At the very uh, least, you should you should tweet out a picture of this so that everybody who's not here during this recording and who is listening at home can see it. So, oh yeah, because that's not fair for them to yeah, not I'll see it. That. So let's tweet out a photo of a photo of a photo. Well, do I keep it wet or do I dry it out? That's the next question. Uh, dry it out. Okay, all right. I'll let it breathe. I'll let it breathe. That's a good one. I think that's a that's a good devious lick. Um, I don't think I have one because I'm an honest person. I don't I don't take things. Uh, let's see. Kevin, do you remember the 21st night of September? Is this a earth, wind and fire reference? <laughs> I guess it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, so you do remember. Yeah, I know the song and, uh, it's also my birthday. So I'll do it. So I you remember it remember. well. Yeah, I do remember it well. So Better I have to most. see that meme every birthday. <laughs> you always will. <laughs> I always will. Uh, could, it could have been worse. Yeah, it's not so bad. Could have been worse. You're glad it wasn't 10 days earlier. It's actually a good song. <laughs> well, uh, do you have a preferred brand of ginger ale? Seagram's. Yeah, you like that? Why Why is Seagram superior compared to Canada Dry? It's, it just looks fancier. There's no reason. Although I, I think, you know, I, I doesn't, doesn't that one use the real ginger and the other one doesn't? I thought I, maybe they both do now. Oh. I don't know. I'm not up on my ginger ale lore. There's a how dare you in the chat. Base weight's drinking Canada Dry right now. I will admit that I have a Canada Dry crate. Uh, It's probably 60 years old, 50 years old, something like that, in my living room. So I'm a little partial to Canada Dry. Um, But it's important to recognize that that's one style, you know, like the actual ginger, like kind of ginger beer. You know, like in the UK on the shelves, you'll see like American ginger ale as a thing. And that's... The Canada Dry Seagram style, as opposed to like the ginger beer that's going to be spicy in your mouth. Look, uh, I like a, that one. I like, a quick, I like mouth a quick spice. Google says that Seagram's is real ginger and Canada Dry is not. So wow. I think I was right. You're saying Seagram supremacy then. You're that's a right. Seagram supremacist. Yeah. Yeah. They have real ginger and Canada Dry is some like weird boiled ginger. Well, there's a philosophical one that I'm going to, I'm going to let you feel. Either way, like I'm not drinking questions. ginger ale. Ever. <laughs> like for any reason, unless I I'm like, like terribly like sick. It's that's reminds it. me of like being a child and being really sick is when is what mm. ginger ale reminds me of. Yeah. No, I, I just plain like it. I love it. Um Stuart makes this ginger ale that is just incredible, but it's the gas station brand, not the stuff you buy in the store. It has to be like their the true house brand at the gas station. Very, very good ginger ale. <laughs> um, Kevin, philosophical one. From Gusau, who's just jamming 
uh, episode chat with amazing questions. After three years of the Create Unknown, nearly three, in another month it'll be three, bringing joy, laughter, and knowledge to all walks of life across the globe, we need to know. Respectfully, do it fart. And I think that has to mean, does this podcast as an entity fart? What? That is a weird question. (laughs) I, I don't know what to do with that. There's a majesty in starting the question and making it serious and then getting to that, isn't there? I respect it. You got to say yes or no. You got you to come down one way on this. No, it do not fart. What does it do? How does it, how does it dispel gas then? Burps. Or is it just like ever expanding? It burps? Okay. I mean, we've had burps. Oh. So the gas that should come out that way, the burps probably smell very bad if that's the mechanism here. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we can spend the next three years uh, thinking about that. <laughs> uh, this one's from Trevor. I'm so glad that he came in for this and and got in. I think we hit the limit and he had to wait a few minutes. Uh, favorite interviewee. Uh, is that food for dogs for you? Oh, man. Probably. Yeah, probably. Had a great time with Pebbles. I, it's hard to compare those two, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's hard to compare everyone. I mean, that sounds like a like a throwaway answer, but like everybody has been pretty different. There aren't like, there's not like classes of people I'd really lump together, but there are those that have stuck out more. Yes, certainly we have so much fun with psychic pebbles every time. Um, Food for dogs just, I don't know, made me feel good to be alive talking to her. Honestly, (laughs) it was just, I don't know. It was such a great conversation with her. And, um, and I had a lot of fun with, uh, Dean Lamb last week because I'm such a fan of yeah. him and his band. And it was the first podcast that I've done where I didn't feel like I was speaking with a contemporary at all. Like I'm not a contemporary to Dean Lamb. Um, he makes YouTube videos, but that, you know, his main thing is being in an arch spire, which is a band that I freaking love. So that was very unique for me, and I hope that we can do more of that. I hope that you can be involved in speaking to, um, I don't know, Pete Weber or whoever, <laughs> people yeah. outside the YouTube realm. We'll find we'll find a good fit there, but I, I'm so glad that you got to do that because it is, there, there's a different mood and it's a different style to just have this one extremely knowledgeable person talking to the person they're extremely knowledgeable about. <laughs> Putting in uh, a third side to that keeps it from kind of being a straight line, you know, and I'm so glad that you got to do that. Um, Everybody liked Hans. I want to point that out. Like in, you know, uh, Hans Van Harken uh, weeks ago, that was one of my recent favorites. I really just plain like talking to him. Um, Yeah. Like episode chat. Hans was really cool. He was very good as a guest. Uh, He was a cool guy, et cetera. That was uh, that was really great. The other difference I would um, I would point out though between talking to like YouTubers and when I was talking to Dean Lamb is that I already have baked in thoughts about the things that I'm typically asking or the things that you're typically asking our guests. Mm-hmm. With with Dean, I didn't have I was genuinely asking questions that I had no idea what the answers were to. Does that make sense? It's not like I was asking yeah. his opinion on a thing I already have an opinion on. It was more like, how do you deal with going on tour in like a smelly, tiny van? I have no idea. I have <laughs> this no touch point for me 
to even begin to understand what the answer to that question is. Ah, uh, let's see. We can do one or two more, and then we have to do a hard cut. We'll we'll keep some of the questions uh, for for the next episode, an episode after. Um, I just got a good one from Linus uh, in in DM, and I will put that in. So your questions aren't being ignored, but we can only do a couple more. Um, let's see. Here's a, here's a quickie. Uh, anybody, has anybody asked to be on the show and we'd never allow it? Um, we do get pitches that we would never do. People pitch, you know, where it's like, I'm a, I'm a fantastic life coach and I'd love to tell your audience about how to be creative or something. You know, this got a funny feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't remember their names, so I couldn't tell them and I probably wouldn't to throw them under the bus. I can't even throw them under the bus. (laughs) <laughs> if I wanted to, but yeah, we do get emails sometimes from somebody who's like, uh, you know, I do this, this, and this, and then you check them out and it's like, you're not doing any of those things <laughs> actually. No, no, so. it's really clear that they want the PR for their pod or their product and service. You know, um, is there somebody who hasn't asked if they did though, you would say no. Like, like if Logan Paul, uh, if Logan Paul DMs you and says he wants to be on the create unknown, do you say yes or no? I would say yes, sure. Ah, you like the boxing stuff. You like the fighting. Well, that's that whole thing. The thriller stuff is fascinating. Yeah, they're putting in those, those pay per views and making a lot of money. And those shows are awful. I don't know if anybody's ever watched one of those thriller fights, but they're <laughs> terrible. They're not entertaining. Like the boxing is really bad. Uh, in between the boxing, they just do like music performances that are I find awkward. It's the whole thing is very weird. It very, very, very weird, but they're making a lot of money off of this stuff. So it's definitely interesting. Well, some, they must like it on some level. People, they do like that money if people weren't paying for it. People like the freak show, like people will pay for a freak show. And that's definitely what it is when you have like a former football player, boxing, a YouTuber, you know, whatever it is. Like that's the type of thing that they'll have. Yeah, that's cool. I find it interesting. It's it's certainly doing something that isn't out there otherwise. It's unique. I would want, you know, I would want uh, Ethan Klein from H3H3 to ask to be on the podcast. And then we say yes. I don't know if this, this counts, but we would say yes. We would set it all up and we start recording. We do an introduction and then ban him from the server and talk about why for the next 90 minutes. That is is what I want, want to do. It's not good enough to say no. You have to say yes and then pull the rug out. Did I lose you? <laughs> I just uh, I don't I don't know what to say about that. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any comment on that. Like I'm like, that's all you, man. Like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that you just made up this like weird revenge story of H three based on like nothing I'm familiar with. So that is the devious lick. Now he blocked me on Twitter. You know what? There are probably like five people who would be great to do that to. All people who have done like petty blocks on Twitter, they deserve a little comeuppance, if you will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, let's do, um, yeah, let's do one that that touches on some of the stuff you began with. And I don't think anybody's ever asked about. Dan the Latch said everybody and their grandmother bitches about mind blow. And that continues to be true. We've said it before. Kevin said it several times that no matter what he publishes, there are a bunch of comments that say, bring back mind blow. This latest video was no exception. 
Dan says the real guys want to know what happened to Fack. What, did that did that wrap up for the same reasons that Mind Blow did? Mm, no, not well. What not, is the Fack story? Not really. I mean, um, Fack. I haven't thought about this, so I'm stumbling on exactly what happened with Fack. But if you go go back and watch Fack you'll see that the way that I made that show, that show is old. Like you guys got to understand I've been doing this for so long that fact is like a time capsule of YouTube fact would, there would be an episode just called like lasers and I would do all the research I could on lasers and I would put it into a video called lasers fact, like the facts and knowledge on lasers. And it was like, here are like the 12 things I could find out about crossbows that like the, it seriously like the internet was that spark. I'm laughing because it's real like it was that sparse man pretty like, faithfully like it was so long ago that there you could just do like astronauts and crossbows and deadly plants and that was a totally unique thing for 2012 or whenever I was making those episodes but really quickly that became terrible content because you would have somebody who was like literally a botanist all of a sudden on YouTube making like brilliant videos about deadly plants or like a literal astronaut has a channel now and will talk about being an astronaut and you don't need Kevin searching the internet for like astronaut facts. Like the shelf, time. the shelf life of that show was short. It was really a, a time capsule. It was like, here's what YouTube was like. In, you know that year or year and a half or whatever two years maybe that fact was around that that was a viable show is just to collect like this episode's about roller coasters check this roller coaster out it's in this it does this and it goes loop to loop and it's this high all right here's this next roller coaster like that would be such a garbage video there are entire channels based on roller coasters now and people who are geniuses or about like designing them or, you know, whatever. But in 2012, it was a great video just to like look at 10 different roller coasters. And that was the, that was the YouTube video. That was fact. Yeah. That, that one started differently than mind blow. It was a different thing than mind blow. And it, it wrapped up for different reasons. And I, I'm glad that Dan asked about that because, uh, ideas on YouTube do not all suffer the same fate. Like they, <laughs> they go up and down for very different reasons, even though if somebody looked at your channel, they'd look at mind blow and they'd look at fact and say, well, like these aren't substantial. This isn't substantially different content. Like they're clearly in the same realm. Don't you think? What fact and, and new videos mind blow. Oh, fact and mind no, blow. And mind blow. Well, yeah. see the difference with mind blow is that I could evolve that show. So if you watch the old mind blows, mm -hmm. it was, it was junky me just finding random stuff on the internet. My blow eventually evolves to being this hard science news show uh, where I was spending days just pouring through like press releases and, and papers and blah, 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 blah for science, like breaking science news that people weren't talking about. So I was able to turn mind blow into a show that was still unique and valuable, but fact, I couldn't do that. Like just talking about like the facts and knowledge on like what fast food is like around the world. Like you have, <laughs> you have travel channels now where people will go around the world and just eat Taco Bell and tell you the differences. Like, you know what I mean? Like 
like seriously, go, go. I challenge anyone to go to the FAC playlist, look through it, and see how many entire like subcategories and genres of YouTube now exist surrounding the topics of FAC videos. So that's what happened with FAC. Uh, are there any more questions? We need to wrap up, right? Uh, no, I think we've got to table the rest of the questions. Okay. Um, yeah, until until next week or beyond. Okay. All right. Well, then b- before we uh, officially wrap up, let's just congratulate some some of our patrons, some some people, some of our hardcore oh, yeah. diehard listeners. A lot of stuff has been going on that's good in people's lives. So, mm-hmm. you know, Matt, if you want to just just send our congrats oh. to people for various achievements. Yeah, yeah. Andy passing his flight test just just hours ago. That's cool. His instrument rating test. It's very cool. That's flying the plane using the instruments rather than you know, self-driving, whatever planes do when you push the button and take your hands off the wheel <laughs> or the stick rather. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Chinchilla on starting art school. Everybody who's on the Discord knows Monsieur Chinchilla. Um, and it, it's been, I was thinking about it. It's been really cool. You know, somebody mentioned two to three years. We're nearing three years. You know, we've seen people uh, kind of, kind of develop and hit a point where they start stuff like this, you know, and, and Andre uh, had a similar case before COVID derailed his plans uh, to go to Japan. Uh, but it's amazing to see people say they're into something and then spend a couple years making it actually happen. And then we get to see it actually happen. And that's, that's awesome. Get in the discord. Tell us your good news. Tweet at us with your good news because we want to hear it. It's amazing to, see what everybody's up to. Uh, and it feels good to see so many of you doing cool things. And, you know, I want to say real weird sickos as well. Uh, even though this isn't like a, a recent thing, they pumped out something like eight, nine episodes. This is Dojangles, Charles Kahn, Tom Videoger. Uh, that's hard to do. It's really tough to make the first eight, nine, 10 episodes of a podcast. Very few people get there. Statistically, very few people get there and go past it. That's a big deal. And they've made uh, they've made a very funny, good podcast that is going to go as long as they want it to go. Uh, it's it's sustainable in terms of content. It's very good. So, yeah, let us know. Uh, let us know when you got good news because everybody wants to hear it. Yeah. And if you hadn't noticed, this podcast is kind of all about <laughs> like celebrating, congratulating and encouraging creativity. That's the whole mantra behind make something and mean something. So. We're into that stuff. We're not, we're not, uh, we don't shy away from it. So if you want to ask us questions, we have more questions from this, from tonight, but if you want to ask us more questions in a future episode, uh, please join our Patreon, patreon.com slash the create unknown. That's how we get to keep making these episodes that you like to listen to. So please do that. And, uh, I don't, we don't, we, I'm not sure what we have going on next week. I know Derek Muller, AKA Veritasium is floating around. We have to lock him down, um, but he'll be, he'll be coming back on the podcast for episode two of TCU uh, sometime in the near future, but it was good to just have a, a guest list chat uh, this evening. Talk a little bit about the Vsauce 2 drama. Uh, Go give that video a watch Uh, if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, I think that you'll like it. It's a little different than the paradoxes and the math games of recent memory. But uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, TCU night. We will see you then.
Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We'd like to extend a huge thank you and congratulations to the Tots and Dumpster crew who save tiny little lives every single month. A tremendous shout-out to our elite baby gang commanders. Linus, our newest. Trev's dead. Boromir, Boddogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Andrew, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, Monahem, Dojangles, and Zero. And thanks to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Jen Mafasanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Ryan, Kamikaze, Maria Marco, Sheep, Tom Videoger, Jelksies, and Dan the Latch. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer Dan Yoshua and producer editor Ben Webster. Thanks to Baseweight for use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme and to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71.